Hello, everyone. This is Cassie coming at you from the podcast dome on my own today. This is that Broad Scott Moxie. We're doing a quarantine tale for you on this lovely Tuesday. And uh, yeah, it's just me today. Danny is at work. Kiana also is probably at work right now. We can't get together yet because we're still doing the stay home, stay safe order. So I'm just going to do this by myself. And um, here we go. So May, as Kiana talked about um, before, is Asian and Pacific Islander American Heritage Month. And so I wanted to do somebody... I wanted to talk about a woman who is really, really incredible um, and pretty awe-inspiring, but also did something that I'm like, oh, no, that doesn't, maybe, maybe I would try, but like, there's a, there's a distinct possibility that I would be far too afraid. (laughs) So today... I am going to tell you guys all about Rel Sun. And Rel Sun is often called the Queen of Makaha. And she is an incredible world champion surfer. So, yeah, let's just get into it. Oh, ouch. So, I slept funny last night. And I keep turning my head to, like, look at things but I can't really turn my head. So I just keep like, ah, ah. Anyway. Okay. So there are some Hawaiian words in here that I did look up the pronunciations for. Oh, there's a G yelling at me from outside the door. I looked up these pronunciations. Hopefully I do it well. So I'm going to try my best. All right. Rel Capolio Ka'eyukai, son, was born on July 31st, 1950 in Makaha on the west side of the island of Oahu in Hawaii. Her family was of Chinese Hawaiian heritage and her middle name given to her by her grandmother means heart of the sea. I had really, really, I had to try really hard not to say the heart of Tafiti because I just watched Moana the other day. means heart of the sea. The beach near her home was famous among surfers for its excellent waves, and she began surfing there on her family's only battered surfboard at the age of four. Four years old, in the ocean, on a shitty surfboard. Woof. She also spent much of her time learning how to freedive and exploring the reefs around Makaha. At the time, women surfers were a rarity, although women had surfed alongside men in Hawaii for centuries. So it's the 1950s, obviously. Men are the ones surfing. Women were encouraged to lay on the beach and look good in a bikini. Ah, the patriarchy doing some of its best work. Honestly. So one of the world's great big waves breaks at Makaha Beach. 
At the time, it was considered the largest breaking rideable wave in Hawaii, perhaps in the world. AKA, it's very big, very scary, and not something I would be keen on getting involved with. Uh, which is the whole reason surfing sounds like a great time. Would love to try it. There's just an element of like being in the ocean, which is very scary and big and powerful, that makes me go, mm, maybe I don't really want to try that. But who knows? If we're ever able to travel again, maybe I will go somewhere where I can try surfing. Who knows? Rel watched surf heroes descend on her hometown to challenge Makaha's big winter surf in an annual championship contest. This is something she said in an interview. She said people from all over the world came to Makaha. There were these men telling these great stories, and I swore then that women could tell these same wonderful stories. And which is like, good for her. She was like, you know what? All these fucking bro dudes walking around telling these cool surf stories. She's like, women can do that. Come on. As a teenager, she showed no fear while surfing huge waves that battered the Makaha Beach. She explained that her courage was rooted in her beliefs about amakua, or protective spirits, that kept her safe and free from harm. At 16, after wowing a crowd of spectators, she was invited to the 1966 World Championships held in San Diego. Oh my god, I think everybody can probably hear that right now. Two years later, Rel wanted to see something other than the beach. Understandable, we all want to get a little taste of what the rest of the world looks like. So she moved with her boyfriend to, of all places, Oklahoma. Which sounds like a real bummer time to me, because there's not a lot in Oklahoma. But they moved there, they got married, and had a daughter named Jan. But by 1972, their marriage was over, and Rel, with baby Jan in tow, moved back to Makaha. Though she hadn't surfed in several years, and surfboards themselves were changing. So they were like, they were getting shorter and smaller and like more maneuverable. So you could do more like tricks and shit. Please hold. Iggy! Shut your mouth! Oh my god. She's a menace. Where am I? Okay, so all of these things were changing. But she was like, you know what? I know how to do this. So she took up right where she left off and started surfing with a grace and poise that was unmatched by top male surfers. Because of course she did. Because why? Women are the shit. By 1976, Rel co-founded the Women's International Surfing Association, which was the first women's pro circuit, like tour circuit, with Mary Setterholm, Jericho Poplar, and Mary Lou Drummy. She also helped create the Women's Professional Surfing Organization, which was devoted to increasing women's participation in and to increase their cut of the profits that was being generated by this, like, booming new surf industry. But she wanted this 
she wanted more participation and women to get more of the piece of pie a bigger piece of the pie without women like having to objectify themselves for the cause which good for you like it's about the sport it's not about the bikini let's go so rel became a lifeguard in makaha in 1975 and she was hawaii's first female to hold that position and when i first read that i was like anybody can be a lifeguard what are you talking about but this was like a big deal it's this very very revered position in a culture that highly highly values ocean competence and like knowing what the fuck you're doing and i thought that was really really incredible that she was the first woman to ever do that in 1982 rel ranked number one in the world on the longboard which is again crazy like way to go she's she's just blows my mind okay that same year during a pro surf meet in huntington beach rel felt a lump in her breast when tests confirmed that she had advanced staged breast cancer her prognosis was bad and she was told she had one year to live despite her chemotherapy treatments Rel continued to surf every day. One year passed, and another, and another. And over the next 15 years, Rel continued to beat the odds and lived a vivacious, full life. She was a black belt in judo. She became a radio DJ and a surf reporter. She was also a physical therapist at a Waianae care home and a counselor and breast cancer awareness advocate at a cancer research center. After the cancer had gone into remission three times, after a bone marrow transplant and a mastectomy, Rel continued to swim, dive, surf, and go spearfishing. This woman is... She's amazing. Not only did she beat cancer and live another 14 years but she did it with such tenacity and like fuck you i'm gonna go live my life and do my thing and you're gonna deal with it cancer god it's she's amazing in august of 1996 she was inducted into the surfing walk of fame as that year's woman of the year and that walk is in Huntington Beach, California. In 1997, an award-winning documentary about Sun's life called Heart of the Sea was filmed by Charlotte Lagarde and Lisa Denker. And she also appeared in the iconic surf movie Blue Crush. She's one of the surfers in Blue Crush. I fucking love Blue Crush. What a great movie. <sighs> All right. Rel's son died on January 2nd, 1998, at the too young age of 47. More than 3,000 people attended her memorial service, where her ashes were scattered in the ocean off of Makaha. And this is the last, this is the last thing I have to 
say. This was a quote from Hawaiian State Senator and also a big wave champion surfer, Fred Hemmings, about Rel's life. Okay, quote, Rel embodied everything that is great about surfing, but she grew larger than that. She represented the most basic values we hold so dear in Hawaii. Rel was always a giver and never a taker. To say she was a loving, giving, and always contributing personification of the Hawaiian aloha spirit is but a small testament to the immeasurable sum of her vital goodness. Unquote. I did not know who Rel's son was that she was a fucking surf champion. And I am just like blown away and inspired by her story. Like just everything that she did. Like she knew that she loved to surf from such a young age. And she lived her dream and made it inclusive for women and she survived and thrived and she's just like she just her story just really makes me smile in a time when the world is shut down a lot of terrible things are happening people are stressed out about all sorts of things not trying to remind everybody of the terrible fucking pandemic that we're in but like that's the reality of life that we're living in right now and it's fucking bananas but so listening to her story and like doing this research really was just like this bright shiny part of the day that was like yeah boy howdy things can go to shit real quick but like i can go for it just go for it make the best of a shitty situation (sighs) do things that make you happy and that inspire you and you know just try to live your best life with whatever hand is dealt so that is my uh that's (laughs) that's my inspirational quote for you today um (laughs) live long and prosper motherfuckers that's all we can do (laughs) or try to do Anyway, thank you for listening to another one of our quarantine tales. I hope you guys enjoyed it. You can find us on our on our social medias. On uh, what are we on? Where are we? We're on Instagram and Facebook at that Broads Got Moxie, and on Twitter at Broads Got Moxie. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. Go ahead and give us those five stars. We love them. We appreciate them. They make us look good. Well, what? And if you have any suggestions or questions or you just want to like chat and say hi and, you know, see what what's good in the world, I'll find you some good news. I've got nothing to do. I'm still unemployed for now. You can email us at thatbroadscottmoxie at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. In the meantime, stay safe. Stay home. Stay healthy. Wash your damn hands. We're going to get through this. this is gonna, it's, it's a weird world we're living in, but things can only go up from here, right? 
Is that disgusting optimism that everyone loves about me? Anyway, thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.